the age-old tale of man versus nature, and a late 90s A-list cast to boot. We're going to talk about all that this week on Shonen and Suds as we talk about the Studio Ghibli classic, Princess Mononoke. Hello, buddy. Oh, what's going on, man? How the hell are you, my friend? Chris, I'm glad to be back. I know last week we kind of had a, a downer episode where we kind of had to talk about... Oh, that about... episode sucked. Yeah, we had to talk about some stuff we didn't really enjoy that much, and uh, I'm glad we got to turn it turn the ship around, and now we're, we're back to where we want to be. Cody, we didn't just turn the ship around. We just... We, we just... We just sunk that bitch in the bottom of the ocean and just got us a got us a fresh set of sails. So That's right. I'm really really excited to be talking about this movie this week. Um, I obviously you know we've made no bones about it, man. We're big Ghibli boys. We're we are Ghibli fanboys. Um, in this this neck of the woods, but Princess Mononoke, man, like I don't know what it is about this one. Like this is one of those ones that. It's kind of in the vein of Graver the Fireflies. There's nothing really whimsical about it. Like this is a it's a dark it's a it's a tragic story. Like really when you get down to brass tacks, like it's it kinda is a happy ending. I don't know. <laughs> you yeah, know? See, I don't know how it picks up that tone that you just made there, <laughs> but uh-huh. it doesn't pick up when you say Cody at the beginning. <laughs> That's so fucking weird. <laughs> But yeah, it it definitely is like a much darker tone for like any any like Ghibli film. Like I almost I forgot about like the I guess you call it gore for lack of a better term. But like oh dude, it it is. She sh- oh my god! When she, when, I or when he shoots that first arrow and like rips the dude's arms off, I'm like, dude, damn! I really like, don't remember this film. <laughs> like, oh shit! I, I, and I still laugh when you get that one scene towards the end where like. He he's like he he's got his arrow up and he's telling him like turn back and he shoots the one guy and his head flies off and the other guy just turns around like so nonchalantly and like pieces the fuck out. Yeah, dude. Like they, they, it is, this is not a kids movie. Like it is it is gory, it is brutal, and it, I mean it, it starts like that from Jump Street and it tell like I I really really like this story from a I mean yes it takes place there's some kind of historical relevance to everything. But clearly, it's it's very much steeped in fantasy. But I don't think there's a I don't think there's such a thing as a bad Ghibli movie, really. When when you get down to it, they don't make bad movies. Yeah, no, doesn't doesn't really happen. Um, at least not that I've seen, and I'm pretty sure I've seen them all. I could yeah, be wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And of course, you know, we don't just have Princess Mononoke we're talking about today. We've got our winner of the last poll, and then we've got a poll coming up for the next one. Like, we're really, like, thumping through these, you know, we're going through some movies. We've got some shows that are pretty short, things that we can knock out in one sitting. We're just, we're going more bang for your buck. Season two here on Shonen and Suds. That's right. And, uh, of course, I'm Cody Snodgrass. And I'm Chris Adams, and once again, welcome, welcome. You know, we we just start, we just get on this thing, and we just get to uh, get to chit chat, and especially again, man, wasn't a whole lot to talk about, a whole not a whole lot I wanted to talk about last week, but uh, you know, here we are back with the good stuff. And I don't want to make it sound like Cody that if we're watching an anime I don't like, I don't have anything to talk about. I just something that makes me uncomfortable makes me uncomfortable. You know what I mean? No, I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know? I concur. I concur. And know what else, Cody? 
you know, there, there's, there's the only thing that's really wrong with me today is that I'm just a little parched. I've got a dry throat here, Cody, and I'm sure you do too. So I need to know what you're drinking. All right, Chris. I don't know if that picked up on your end, but... I, oh, I heard it. Okay, good, good, good. I got myself a nice can of TV static here. Hey, <laughs> I love that. Uh, I mistakenly bought this at, at Walmart the other night, uh, uh-huh. but let's talk about it. So, I'm a big fan of the Smirnoff Red, White, and Blue Vodka. Oh, no. Um, it's, oh, no, I know it's, where this it's, is going. It's by far the best vodka there is. It's my favorite vodka ever. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and my, over Grey Goose, every, all the top, top of the line stuff. Mm-hmm. Um... And I did. I really dislike the Smirnoff Red, White, and Blue. It's like a blue kind of Kool Aid color. They come in bottles and like little six yeah. packs. Those are not good. Well, I mm-hmm. I thought <laughs> I thought that the cans of the seltzer would be better than that. Mm-hmm. And it just, dude, it. I don't know. <laughs> it's just TV static. Like if you add a little bit of Mio to this, and this is of course the Smirnoff Seltzer Limited Edition. Red, white, and berry. Oh, of course, for the summer. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what it is. These three drinks come out every summer. Um, and this is just—it's just TV static, man. It tastes like—I I don't even—it <laughs> tastes like an old like American flag that's been like oh, soaking in no. water or something like. Goo. <laughs> it's just not good. But if you add a little bit of like Mio or uh, you know, if you're like Crystal Light or any of those like little like. Like mixers that you add to your water to make it taste a little different. Um, yeah. Like we were putting fruit punch in this one, for instance. Uh, it definitely kicks the flavor up a little bit and makes it a lot more bearable. But if you don't, man, Fair it is. Enough. We are talking just old school 1960s TV static. Oh man, man. Oh, but enough about this, Chris. What what are you drinking today? Well. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's foaming. Oh, it's foaming. Come, <laughs> oh, it's good. So last week I came at you with the uh, with the three notched IPA. One of the um, I want to say that their their core IPA. I, don't, I actually don't remember what it was called, but it was really really tasty. Well, um, along with that that free case of Bud Light, I said I got some um, like some varieties of three notched IPAs, and this is their uh, this is their limited release. It's called Big Slice. It's a a juicy New England style IPA. All that really means is that it's just it's just kind of a hazy. IPA that's made really popular. I don't know if they they were the first ones to do it, but uh, a brewery called Alchemist, I believe. Alchemist, I believe, is the um the brewery, but they um they did this um this hazy IPA, and it's it's become the Neckbeard's beer of choice. You know, for those <laughs> who enjoy like it's always just about oh I gotta get that new hazy IPA. It's the, if you've had one, you've had them all. This one's no goddamn different. Uh, they try to separate themselves though by adding. Um, they use hefeweizen yeast, which is going to be a little more, a little more. It creates a little bit more effervescent. Adds a little bit of kind of banana y flavor to it. But I mean, it tastes. You know, do what you want with it. It tastes like every other New England IPA I have ever had in my entire life. Um, so while I'm not excited about it, it doesn't suck. But it's good. It's good. Awesome. Yeah. It definitely. It it sounds at least a little bit better than TV static. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would. I would drink this twelve times out of ten over your uh, your um, your red, white, and blue. Yeah, this, shenanigans you've got going on there. Yeah. This is Cody, not, This is not helping me celebrate freedom here, Chris. But uh. <laughs> it really isn't. There's nothing. The only, but. <laughs> 
just too many great transition points there. But, uh, you know, one thing I will choose 12 times out of 10, and one thing that you really can enjoy while celebrating that summertime freedom, of course, is the Studio Ghibli classic, Princess Mononoke. Um, and Cody, as as you know, we said at the top of this thing, I have nothing but the highest praises for this movie. Um, and what I really like about it, again, we're talking kind of on the home on on the early um on the early stages here. Where this um, let me just give, do a real quick tale of the tape. Obviously, uh, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, also written by Miyazaki. Um, this movie was released in Japan July 12th, 1997, and showed up near the tail end of 1999 in America, um, right around October, November, if I'm not mistaken. Um, now, why that's important, Cody, is that the American release of this movie has a fucking star-studded cast. Um, like, just insane american voice actors here especially when you look at the time and like i like i've said cody like this is like i want to say this might be like one of the first early examples of like like that change in dub quality that change in like really putting some star power behind voice acting um because i mean just name it man like we've got billy crudup we've got jillian anderson fucking billy bob thornton keith david um claire danes dude like just so great just some really uh, jada pinkett for fuck's sake man you like this is like a <laughs> veritable rogues gallery of 1999 a-listers yeah absolutely I, I i remember i was i'm watching the movie and i'm like i know this voice and it dude it took me like i was probably like an hour and a half into the into the movie and mm -hmm. i'm like oh it's billy bob thornton and that's who it is yeah and i'm like keith david i'm like what oh yeah uh, which uh, to be uh, to be fair, I don't know his actual name. I just know him as like the military sergeant in like all of the best like military movies, mm -hmm. <laughs> including like he even did like voice acting in Call of Duty, which I'm a big fan of that franchise. Yep. Um, but yeah, just all kinds of awesome awesome actors for the time. Have, have you ever watched Community, the mm -hmm. show Community? Yep. Did you ever watch the last season, my man Elroy? <laughs> I don't think I saw the final. Season. Oh, okay. Because yeah, Elroy is Keith, and Keith David also is in one of my all-time favorite bad movies. Uh, they live across from Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, they live, Chris. I bought that for my dad uh, for this. Oh, that movie's so good, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to hunt through uh, eBay to get that for my dad, but uh... dude, so good. One of my all-time favorites. Yeah, and it's off topic, but he's been on a big Rowdy Roddy Piper kick. He's been watching all the like the documentary oh, that just came out recently on like A and E. Did he watch? Did you watch the classic Roddy Piper movie, Body Slam? He did not. I'll have to tell him about oh, that Oh, yeah, one. you're fucking up, dude. Okay, so quick wrestling tangent. Body Slam is, you want to talk about the greatest wrestling movie of all time. Fuck the wrestler. Fuck No Holds Barred. Fucking Body Slam. It is the epitome of that, like, 80s rock and wrestling like that amalgamation that came about there. Like you've got like this blind guitar player who's uh, kind of the, not, it's kind of like, he looks like the guy who was the blind guitar player in fucking uh, in roadhouse, but I don't think he's blind in this. I think it's the same fucking guy, truth be told. But, um, but I mean, of course it's got like, I'm pretty sure Keith barbarian. David is also in roadhouse. He might be. I don't <laughs> know. See, it's, it's all, it's all like seven degrees of Keith David and Roddy Piper. So I, I think all anime stems from Roddy Piper and Keith David. 
it's a leap to get from <laughs> to get from fucking they live to Princess Mononoke, but I think we can do it in less than seven degrees. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm looking at this at at this uh, filmography of his. And I do yeah. believe where did I just I think I just passed it. Um, let's see. I thought I saw. Maybe maybe I'm yeah Roadhouse right here. Yeah, Keith David fucking, was also in Roadhouse. This guy is everywhere. Love that. Absolutely love that. And also too, uh, now to get to get us back on uh, back on the Mononoke train here. Um, this movie was a critical success. Just absolutely phenomenal. Made Matrix money in Japan. Um, it was. I want to say it was one of the highest grossing films. Like it actually says here, if I'm reading this correctly, it held Japan's box office record. For domestic films until Spirited Away came out, <clears throat> excuse me, the beer burps already in 2001. Now, what's unfortunate is it did not really do all that well in uh, in America when it first came out. Like, it just didn't. Because here's the thing. When it came to America, I didn't see it in theaters right then. I didn't see it in theaters for maybe another year or two down the road. Um, listen, we're talking the movie had been out on DVD long since this came out. And this, I actually used to own this on VHS. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think I. This is one of the ones that I haven't seen actually in theaters. Uh, usually, oh, like man. when they do like their little Ghibli, like once a month they'll do like a Ghibli film. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually haven't seen this one in theaters, unfortunately. So definitely oh, when it man. when it comes back around, I'll try and try and slide into I, the theaters just to check highly, it out. Highly recommend it. I highly recommend it to anybody who has not seen it. And if you have seen it, you're incredibly intelligent. Um. And this is a long one too. This is a uh, you know most most Ghibli movies do clock in at around like an hour forty five minutes to two hours. Like this one's this one's about like two hours and fifteen minutes. Like this one has a pretty long runtime, but I mean it doesn't feel like it. This movie is paced so well. Um, like I don't have anything bad to say about it. And um, you know, and of course, Cody. With that being said, let's go ahead and dive right in. We are um. We are kind of thrust into a very fantasy-laden um, Muromachi era of Japan, which is between, I want to say this was like the mid-1300s to the late um, late 1500s. Um, also, what's important is this is around the time, um, I want to say that firearms were really introduced into Japan, but like near the latter half, um, I want to say... Firearms were introduced to, I want to say you can see early firearms in Japan around like the late 1200s, but like they really didn't become super common until like, I mean, really probably the late, mid to late 1570s. Again, I'm not, I'm, I love history and I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm fucking Indiana Jones by night. You know what I mean? But, um, (laughs) but like some of that stuff, that historical period does play into this because really the, the pe- like really the long and short of this movie before we kind of break down into you know kind of the pacing and the actual story is like and this is straight up man versus nature this is this is mankind fi- evolving through you know i guess technology or and having to expand to acquire the resources to perpetuate this technology does that make sense what i'm trying to say there it sounded smart enough to me, I think. Because <laughs> fair enough, because ideally, like you know, we we talk about you know man ver- versus nature here. Like 
the people are basically destroying this forest to mine iron. And we find out about that right after this really intense opening scene. Uh, we're introduced to our main character here, um, Ashitaka. Um, and this small village um, doesn't quickly become under attack, but they um, there's this this demon. Something comes just flying out of the bushes, man, and starts to head towards this village. And what you see is it's this massive boar that's been it's like wrapped in these like worms and tentacles. Like it looks, it's pretty. I mean, very demon-like, very menacing. And before it can reach the village, um, our main hero Ashitaka does kill it, but not without it actually hurting him and essentially cursing him because it comes in contact with his skin, um, which leads to him not so much being exiled from his village, but really um, by, I guess, the elder in the village having to basically telling him it's like, hey, you need to journey, because they're in the, he's like, you need to journey west, and, you know, because this, they found when they examined the body after it died, they found this big, just rod of iron, this big iron fucking pellet inside of the boar. And and I'm not talking, this is like a little pig, this thing is gigantic. Like, like if you've ever seen, like, I don't know, Magic the Gathering cards, and you've seen, like, just any kind of fucking gigantic beast, this is that. Um, yeah, much bit much bigger than like Pumbaa from The Lion King. Yeah, this is Pumbaa. This is not. <laughs> um, so basically, he he more or less gets exiled from his village. Um, but it's it's one of those uh, one of those agreeable parting of ways, and he needs to go. Um, he, he basically needs to journey west to potentially find a cure for this curse that has been um, put upon him, and a. That you also find in this is that um that this giant boar was a was a god actually was just one of the forest god one of the boar gods of the forest that his name was Nago, um and somehow had been cursed and infected, and the elder thinks it's because of this piece of iron that they dug from his body. So Cody, that is the setup for Princess Mononoke. Yeah, and then our boy Ashitaka basically, like he said, he gets exiled and then he heads out west, Chris, to try and. You know, figure out what caused this to happen. Because he, he has like a... Basically, mm-hmm. it's like a curse mark on him. Um, and he keeps it like wrapped up and bandaged up uh, for the for the majority of, of the movie. Yep. But you can definitely tell and, that it's like spreading like slowly but surely. Yes. And, and uh, it's it's kind of wrought with hatred, right? Like, because we see... Um, not not right off the bat. He actually does while he's heading west, he does come across a um he does meet a um a monk, I guess call him, you know, how he introduced himself named Jigo, I believe is his name. Yeah, and and that's that's Billy that's that. Billy Bob Thornton too. I that believe. is Billy Bob Thornton, yes. Um yeah, Jigo is up to no good. He he's a he definitely has some 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 different intentions. Right, yeah, like because they 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 meet each other because he's um he's trying to purchase some rice. I mean, he comes from a small village in the east. He doesn't have you know currency. He has gold. And the woman peddling the rice is like, yeah, this isn't money. Give me my rice back. And that's when Jago comes in and is like, whoa, wait a minute, this this is gold. This is pure gold. Like this is worth three bags of rice. And he's like, well, I'll be more than happy to take it off your hands. And the woman's like, not nah, if you think I don't think so. You know, give me my gold, and, and you know he kind of follows uh, 
he follows Ashitaka out, and they kind of have this conversation. They're they're being followed by some people, and Jigo's like, oh yeah, by the way, um, they're probably going to try to kill us, split our throats in our sleep, and take your gold. So we should probably uh, we should probably hot foot it. Let's see if they can catch up. See how fast we can run. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they they hightail it out of there, and they kind of like set up set up camp for the night. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of just have a talk. Um, really like Jigo's kind of asking about like you know where. I- Excuse me, I muted myself. Oh, but it, they're just kind of like talking about like where Ashitaka came from, you know, like. Which Jigo kind of knows, by the way, where he's from. He knows mm-hmm. he's from this village out in the east, but he's not really, he's not going to, you know, spill the beans on anything. Yeah, I want to say it's the Amishi village. Amishi village, yep. Yeah. And, uh, well, of course, one of the first things Ashitaka um, asked Jigo uh, is like, do you know what this is? Do you know where this came from? And, of course, you know, they're sitting there eating some 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 porridge or soup. And he's like looking at it. He's like, nope, don't know what that is. Which I mean is kind of funny because clearly he fucking does. Oh, you talking about like the iron ball, like the yeah, the, the bullet. Yeah, he pulls. Yeah, he pulls it out of his little satchel and he like shows it to him. Like this is you know, you know where 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 is this from? You know, right? <laughs> yeah, Jigo is totally playing stupid here because we find out much later on in the film that uh, he knows exactly where that came from and knows exactly what that is and. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, so of course you know. As the journey continues, you you start to get a little bit more of a of a, a sense of scope of what's going on around here. You catch wind of a um of, of a place called Iron Town, where um basically the these iron balls are being manufactured for weapons. Um, these are you know again we're starting to see the introduction of firearms into the culture here, and the basically what's long story short is what's happening. We kind of start to find out here is that like they're this group, this whoever's mining this village in this town is destroying the forest to get to the iron ore that's under, under like the sand or under the ground. So they have to basically cut down the trees. They have to scorch everything. They have to get everything up, up on the iron up from out of the ground, which is causing a lot of problems with all of the forest dwellers, not just them. We're also talking um, the forest spirits, the gods that live there. Because um, we start to see, we also start to see here that there's some, um, there, I mean, there, there's a lot of um, what expansion here. Like you're seeing like military takeover villages. You're seeing them kill innocent people. There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on right now too. In the name of the emperor, they say. Chris, it very much reminded me of the Rush song where it's like, Trouble with the maples. <laughs> like, I instantly <laughs> thought of that. Like, as soon as, like, we, we, as soon as Ashitaka, like, journeyed into, like, the, mm-hmm. the forest. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, this is where we kind of get our first glimpse because, um, you know, they're, they, um, Ashitaka witnesses, uh, I guess, this army going into this village and slaughtering people, and they kept, they see him up on the hill, so they start to go after him, and uh, boy, Cody, they immediately regret it. Cause, oh. Uh, oh, yeah. Because <laughs> whatever is happening, whatever is happening on his arm, like, it starts to, like, bubble up, and as he's firing his arrows to, to I guess, defend himself or to keep them from hitting him, he gets one, like, right in the arm, and it just takes his arms clean off his body. Yeah, this and is what... another guy head right off his goddamn shoulders. Yeah, and they immediately call him a demon, like they know exactly like what's causing this, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was like, dude, is this what demons do? Do they just shoot arrows and take limbs off people? Oh man, 
but it, it it does kind of become more um we we see why kind of in the, when we're introduced to um Lady Iboshi here um kind of in the next scene where they're they've got their caravan and they're heading up like this cliffside and Cody they're uh they are um I want to say they're attacked by wolves here like like dire wolves big wolves big oh, yeah. white wolves oh yeah and they're clearly they definitely seem like they're the bad guys, not the wolves. I mean, I'm talking about Lady uh, yeah. Lady Eboshi. Like they seem mm-hmm. like they're there to, like, kind of like hunt these wolves and take these guys out because I guess they're the ones that are protecting this this forest. Yep. Um, we see this is where she breaks out her soldiers who have like the firearms, like the guns and all this stuff. Yep, and they get a shot off on the uh, well. They, they um well first like the two there's two wolves that kind of break up the convoy and then like lady aboshi's like oh these are nothing these are the pups wait till you see their mother and this is where we get uh i forget um san i believe is her name no no no. san is uh san is the main character Mm -hmm. um yeah because we see uh moro i think is her name the one you mean yeah yeah basically the one voiced by jillian anderson i believe her name is moro Think you're right. I'm looking at the names now. There's um, a lot of names in this. A lot of got a lot of different like god tribes, which I think is really really cool. But um, basically, the, the uh, Lady Aboshi's convoy ends up losing some people, and um, Ashitaka trying to figure, you know, kind of reeling from that battle he was just involved in, comes across the soldiers, or the these people that these. Well, I think one's a soldier and one's like a uh, well, one's a rifleman, and I think one is like an ox like somebody who who works with the oxen that were pulling the carts um mm-hmm. that they had you know cuz the Mora had fallen off the cliff and a lot of the uh, people had fallen off the cliff and as he's you know do in his travels as he's going by the uh the river he finds these people and um basically pulls them out of the water they're still alive he you know dresses their wounds um and he sees across the river he notices a young human tending to the wolf like like almost like sucking anything out of the wound. She's like, you know, by, like, you know, sucking on the wound and spitting out the blood, trying to get, I guess, get whatever poison is out of her body. And they have this moment where they just kind of like stop and she gets back on the wolf and they leave. And she's like, go away. Who San voiced by Claire Danes, by the way. Fant- I can't, I can honestly say like the voice acting in this movie is fantastic. So let me, do, let me just start there. Like it is all excellent. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is like I I would say like maybe one of the first films that started getting like the really good English voice oh, acting. Like, this which... this was like the first one. Like I think this was really the the one that started that whole quality dub movement. Um, yeah, and also while this is happening, like while uh, Ashitaka is like nursing these these soldiers back to health, um, we get to see our first or maybe this is our second because I think we caught a glimpse of like one of the the godlike quote unquote. Uh, four mm-hmm. spirits, but we see like this other, these little like they almost look like little people. Um, yeah, what are they called? More Moro? Oh, what are they called, man? Um, I'm trying to remember. Macor- Macoros or something like that, or yeah, some little like, like a... forest spirit little guy. Um, and they have like these weird faces that like their faces can kind of like rotate. Like they're 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 just like little people things. Yeah, and these soldiers are terrified of these these little mm-hmm. things. Um, so you can kind of see like this is like the the battle at hand is kind of like just the people of this town against mm-hmm. like the forest spirits. Um, yep. And basically Ashitaka, like he follows, he's following them because they, they'll, they'll 
it's basically they're following them as a shortcut and a way to get to where they, they he's trying to get these people back to their convoy, back to their village, back to Irontown, really. Um, and they're leading them through the woods. And like you said, they're terrified, but Ashitaka's like, no, they're fine. Like, this is normal. Like, these are just, yeah. you know, forest spirits. Yeah, he's like, they bring good luck, and like, they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll show us the way, basically. Um, yeah, and they do. And you you catch some glimpses of, like, for the forest spirit, which uh, you hear a rumor that, uh, well, when they get deep in the forest, they start seeing tracks, like wolf tracks, and they see these, like, little, like, foot tracks and, like, little, like, bird feet tracks. And that's when they, uh, one of the soldiers mentions that, uh, you know, hey, it's, it's the, the spirit of the forest. It's like a deer with a human face or something like that. Um, so little, little things like that. And of course, you know, they're fine. And well, what, while they're, while they stop to like get some water, um, for the soldiers, he often the distance, he does see this God and like his arm starts acting up again. Like it starts bubbling up, like the, whatever evil is festering inside of him, like at the sight of this God just starts to like fester up. So you don't really know, you know, what that means at this point. Yeah. But there's clearly, clearly a reaction from like his curse mark thing that he has. Absolutely. But also Cody, like the, I mean, they're fine because not only do they get their way back to Irontown, they get there very quickly, almost as quickly as the convoy. Um, and what's what's really great about that is um, this is where it gets kind of tough, because the people that we thought were bad guys, like specifically Lady Ibushi, like, she's really not that bad. And that's the unfortunate, and this is where we really get that struggle, because there's some... Like, she rescued, like, all the women that are in this village, she's, like, rescued them from brothels and, like, has really given them a chance at life. Um, Like, th this is kind of like a, almost like a village of just, like, like you know, like an island of misfit toys, kind of, in, in a way. Um, And, like, they all, they all look up to Lady Eboshi. They all love her. Like, they, they gave, she's, like, given them a new lease on life kind of thing, right? But mm -hmm. she also, like, commands a lot of respect she's a very powerful woman but she's not cruel if that makes sense because like of course you know she you know ashitaka is kind of welcome other than like the guard who's a little like hey you know you you meant you you went through the woods you got here almost as fast as we did who are you why are you here and of course everybody's like dude he saved our lives like the the wounded soldiers are like you know he saved us you know we owe him you know and everybody's really really nice to him so it's really hard to know who's bad and who isn't at this point in the movie because it's tough. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely hard to figure out who to cheer for in this one. Um, and I think mm -hmm. both sides have like their, their like the correct like they have some some good morals on each side and like some bad things as well. Um, Absolutely, and that's what makes this and that's what makes like the 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 moral compass of this movie is is not always pointing north because like they're trying. Obviously, she wants power, but she is going to take care of her people. You know, she's going to make sure that they're not treated like shit. They're not, you know, treated like shit by the emperor and they're not treated like by shit by terrible other terrible people. Mm -hmm. But in order for her to fulfill her dreams and her, you know, her ambitions, well, she's got to destroy the forest home to all of these different animal tribes and gods and spirits. And of course, 
we start seeing other tribes. We see like apes and boars, and they all have represented by their own god. And it there's, and they hate humans. They hate humans so much. And that was evident back at the beginning before uh, Nago died. He actually, um, the the shaman when she came up to you know grab the iron ore and assess what had happened. She's you know she's like please leave in peace and you know, the you hear the the god say, you know disgust disgusting creatures, you know until you're wiped from the face of the earth we won't you know what I mean like just there's clearly this massive divide and it comes and it's almost like it stems from fear because again the people were afraid of the forest spirits, the for like the, the the forest inhabitants are absolutely pissed at people for them destroying their land but they're destroying their land so they can defend themselves from the emperor so like there's a lot happening there right oh yeah absolutely and actually lady eboshi kind of meets with ashitaka and she kind of shows mm -hmm. him like she has these people like working on guns and building firearms for her and she kind of like mm -hmm. uh well, she, the lepers yeah yeah and she also like shoots at like I want to say it's like the monkey tribe. I, I yeah, yeah, the the old ape tribe. Yeah, and like just to kind of demonstrate like what kind of power these 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 weapons mm -hmm. have. Um, and yep. it, she mentions like the the forest, like the uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like the things in the forest are like it's like this rich land, and like there's things mm -hmm. that could possibly cure like her lepers or like cure Ashitaka's curse, mm -hmm. like. I, I at this point I still she still seems kind of evil though in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, even though she like rescued these women from like brothels and all this stuff, it seems like she's like kind of power hungry. Um, oh, of course, yeah, she definitely wants to. Uh, she definitely has her ambitions for sure. Yeah, and uh, but all of this, Chris, of course, gets interrupted a little bit by uh, by San and one of and some of her wolf cubs because they uh. <sighs> They come to town. They want to kill Lady. Yeah, they want to kill Lady Ibushi very much so, and um, and they there's like this really awesome, I guess, action sequence here where she finds her way into Iron Town, and well, she fucks some people up here. Oh yeah, yeah, she definitely does, and uh, you know the the town starts to defend it, and obviously, uh, Ashitaka kind of being like the middleman here. Um, mm -hmm. He doesn't want this this girl to get hurt. He kind of like is more intrigued by her than anything. Um, he kind of just wants to know like like why she in why, why she trying to attack these people. You know like, mm -hmm. um, and uh, he's kind of defending her and <laughs> trying not to get himself killed in the process. But and of course that starts people people questioning. Well, well I guess he's on their side then. You know capture him too, and then something happens, Cody, because his um. His uh his demon arm starts going uh starts going a little crazy here. Oh yeah, we start seeing like the like this the worm things that we kind of saw on the boar at the beginning. On Nago, yeah. Yeah, and, and of course he gets he gets challenged by like the douchebag typical guard that you see in a lot of animated films. Oh, like, of course. Oh, you're up to no good, like, and then he just bends his sword straight back without even touching it, and uh, yeah. th then he kind of steps in between uh, Lady Eboshi and San are actually fighting at yeah, this yeah. point. Yeah, they're they're ha they're having a little tussle too. Yeah, and he uh he steps in between and basically kind of kind of calms them down a little bit. Um, yeah, and says I'm leaving with her, you know. Yeah, meaning San, and of course San's like trying to bite his arm, and we see the curse mark thing oh, yeah. like going even more wild. He ends up, I want to say, he knocks both of them unconscious. Um, yep. Yeah, he like hits her with like the butt of his uh sword, like, and of course they think he stabs her, and they all go to rush over. 
And he's like, no, she's just stunned. She's fine. I'm taking her and we're leaving. Yep. Well, which is suck because like this whole time that he's been at this village, he's 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 had a nice little like relationship with everybody. Like he's gone and like talked to some of the women. Um, you know, he was seeing what they do all day. He was, you know, just like this was just kind of like I guess after making nice with everybody, there's just this kind of shock of him. Like I guess they almost feel betrayed by him, but. Like, cause the one woman like threatens to shoot him, cause she's like, "No, like these wolves killed my husband. I, I, I'm not letting her leave." But he doesn't even give that. He just picks her up and goes. And she, she doesn't shoot. But then, like, somebody's like egging her on to shoot, and do they fucking blast right through his chest? Oh yeah, <laughs> our boy he doesn't stop either. Literally takes a bullet and just keeps on. Yeah, just keeps on trucking. Just goes right. Back. The guy's still there with the bent blade, and he just walks right fucking by him too. And uh, he gets to the gate, and they're like, you know, we can't let you through. Like, please, you know, we're grateful for you to bring in the, for bringing those people back alive, back alive, but we can't let you leave. You know, you can't get this gate open. It takes ten people to do it. And of course, his uh, his little demon arm thing. He just, with a little bit of effort, is able to open that gate enough for them to leave. Yep. And of course, the wolves are there because obviously they're trying to get Son out of there. And mm-hmm. he kind of explains to them. He's like, look, yeah. Uh, I'll go with you guys. Like he's he's not he's not trying to hurt her or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, like, and we probably should have mentioned uh, Ashitaka also has is it like an elk or what is? Oh yeah, his red elk. Yeah, that is his. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. That the is na- his mode of transportation. I can't remember the name of him. Um, Haku, Haku, or something like that. Something like that. Um, Yako, I think it was Yako or something or like Yakul, that. Yako, y- Yaku. Yaku. I don't know. We'll f- we'll f- we'll remember it eventually. Um, but basically, like, they all head off, um, and San wakes up, basically, as Ashitaka's kind of succumbed to his injuries. He, like, falls off of mm-hmm. his elk thing that he's riding on, and, uh, you know, then it's kind of like San's turn to kind of, you know, kind of be Nurse there for him. him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, he, go, he they, they take him back to the, uh, to the wolf's den, and, um, well, he kind of gets nursed back to health here. Um, but also, Cody, while this is going on, we do also see uh, our man Jigo is he's plotting something. He has his uh, he has his guys that are like dressed like boars and bears and like and they're like sneaking around through the forest because um, it looks like they want the head of the forest spirit. Yep, and we also actually get to see uh, the forest spirit in like one of its forms mm-hmm. um, because San takes Asichaka. Excuse me, Ashitaka, like to the water of the forest, um, which mm-hmm. clearly seems like some like some holy water, some kind of like sacred water. Um, and we see more of those little like the little tiny like people looking spirits mm-hmm. uh, as well. Uh, but then we get to see like the full blown like king of the king of the forest, uh, like walking around in like this gigantic. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like. Almost like a sort of see-through like form. It's, I mean, it's a huge towering spirit thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just kind of translucent, but also like glow, like just this bright blue. Almost, almost looks kind of lunar in a sense, but it's yeah. massive. Yeah, very uh, <laughs> kind of hard to describe with words. Um, but yes. it's a very like Ghibli-like creature. Um, oh, it's a very whimsical, uh, Ghibli-like creature. Yeah. Um. And of course, it also it turns into its its like regular form because at night it's like I think they call it a night walker. 
Yes. Um, and then in, during like when the sun sets or when the sun rises, it becomes this like almost like another elk type thing. Not like Ashitakas, but it's like a, mm-hmm. it has like a human face. It's the thing we saw earlier, like that he caught a glimpse of. Uh, yes. Kind of a creepy looking <laughs> uh, creature. <laughs> Uh, and it almost seems like as it walks through the forest, it's like the things around it are dying. Um, mm-hmm. But it almost seems like he comes to the rescue of Ashitaka, or it comes to the rescue of Ashitaka. Um, and yeah, like you said, our our boy uh, Billy Bob Thornton Jiko, he is uh, clearly up to no good because they're him and his goons are watching all this happen, um, and they realize there's also an, another one of the old boars. Not Nago, mm-hmm. but um Oh, this is this is the boar the basically um the other uh boar god here. It's um like Nanako or something like that. The, the one that's voiced by uh Keith David. Um ooh, that's Akoto. Akoto. Akoto, yeah, because he's uh he's blind, which I think is really cool here. Yeah, and at first I thought this was the same boar, but then realizing the name, I was like, Oh wait, no, this is a different yeah. one. Um, but he's like a, like you said, he's like, I guess he's like the new leader of the boar tribe. He's not like a, mm-hmm. I can't remember, is he a god also or not? Yes. Got a lot of gods and, going on here. Oh, there is, there are. And basically they're here because they, they want to kill, They well, they want to get San out of here and they want to kill um, Ashitaka. They're just like, you know, we, we don't, we, we shouldn't have humans here. This is part of the problem We're uh you know, we're just going to kill them here and now and course they're just like no don't do that and he um ashitaka you know while he's laying there still nursing his injuries um does i want to say he basically says that you know he talks about you know he's like hey i'm the one that killed nago you know he cursed me you know there's got to be a way to lift this curse. you know yeah just kind of almost like reasons with him in a sense yeah and kind of brings them up to speed on like what's been going on which obviously is probably hard for these boars to believe because you know, he killed their leader, essentially. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. But yeah, and then we see uh, Lady Eboshi uh, fighting with, uh, I guess these are like some ronin or some samurai. Mm-hmm. Um, so you see, like, and they're, that's where the emperor comes in. He's like, I guess he's the one that commands all of these, these troops. Oh, yeah. Um, so you see there's like, not only is Lady Eboshi dealing with like the forest spirits and all this stuff, she's also dealing with the emperor um yep and he like sends a messenger to try to talk with her i guess about i about sharing her iron with uh with the emperor and she basically slams the door in, in the messenger's face and they is uh her her her, her, her what am i trying to say here her all girl squad up, up in the lookout tower to start shooting at him to get him to fucking go away yeah they're not they're not sharing what they got uh no fuck that yeah you know the emperor's got enough you know he didn't he yep. didn't he doesn't need what we got over here in iron town well and of course, and this is where it gets a little because at this point, Jigo is kind of in cahoots here with our girl uh, Lady Abushi, and you hate to see it because we know Jigo's the piece of shit here. Yeah, he's definitely knows more than he let on earlier. Like when he's like, "Oh, I don't know what that iron ball oh, is." He, oh, he fucking, he fucking. And it almost seems like he's like a middleman between the the emperor and Lady Abushi as well. Like it seems. Oh, he's like... just trying to get paid, man. That's all he cares about. He just wants to get rich. He is that guy. He is. He is. The side of humanity that just will step on anybody and anything to get what he wants. He is your classic villain. Yep. And then voiced uh, by Billy Bob Thornton. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and then we uh then Ashitaka kind of awakens. Um 
and he kind of has like this this chat with um is it Moro? Yeah, Moro. The the mother wolf, like the Mhm. And they kind of like get we get a little bit of backstory that like Moro basically uh San's parents had kind of like left her for dead. Or uh yep. Moro was I can't remember if it was Moro that was like hunting her parents or like kind of just chasing after them because they were humans in the forest. Mhm. Uh, and they basically they basically left, left her for dead. Yeah, they basically like, left San for dead. Yeah, left San behind, like for bait, I guess, so they could get away. Um, and mm-hmm. she basically raised her as her own, so that's why like they have this close bond. Um, but basically, she wants Ashitaka to get out of there. She's like, looking as soon as the sun comes up, you're out of here. Um, yep, and if I if you come back, I I will kill you. Right. Um, and of course, with all this going on, we also have like. Uh, Akoto and like his boars, they're like willing to just go in and die, like attack. Yeah, yeah, humans. they're they're ready to like just invade Iron Town, just ready to just kill the people, just to get them out of there. And they're all like war painted up. It's pretty great. Yeah, it, they are. Uh, once they make their their choice, they they kind of stick with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, the next day, of course, Ashitaka kind of heads off, um, and San kind of rides off as well uh, on like the wolves. And we kind this is where like our like I guess our final battle kind of begins our big action scene here because you have all yep. the you have Akoto and all of his boars kind of heading down to to Iron Town. Didn't mean to make that rhyme, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> um, but basically, like they're just charging full steam ahead. Like they're uh, ready to ready to die. Like because they're probably gonna die, and they know that. And but like they're willing to die for this cause to like protect the forest. Mm-hmm. But it, it's so weird because, like, we start seeing people's true colors here. Because, like, why Lady Eboshi has her, has her, again, that goes back to the things she's trying to do. Like, a lot of the people that are still in this village don't, I don't know, like, they, they're they not bad people. Like, they just, they, they, they just want to live. They, they don't want to be, they don't want to hurt anybody. They don't want to hurt anything. They just want to live. Um. And you start seeing a lot of that because, like, the battle scene with the with the boars and the um and the people of Iron Town or like the 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 shoguns and everybody involved there, it, pretty cool. Like they've got these explosives, they're firing on the boars. Like the carnage around Iron Town is insane. Um, and well, of course, San and one of the wolves actually accompanies Akoto and the boars on the battlefield because like San she she says it over and over again she hates humans she hates humanity and she just wants to kill them all more or less but um we kind of get the scene coming down the aftermath here where um there's just these piles of boar carcasses and we um Ashitaka shows up and like one of the, the wolf that came with San is like trapped under these boars and you know he goes to try to like lift up the board to get the the wolf out, and then like the people are like, "Hey, what are you doing here? What's going on?" Like, and well, then these like monks that I guess they're they're with Jigo show up, and they try to like poison dart Ashitaka, and the, like the villagers, I guess the villagers of Iron Town, like fucking start hitting that guy with like rakes and shit, and then they go help Ashitaka get the wolf out of the uh, from under the boar carcasses. Yeah, so it's basically like the boars charged in. Um, even, like, even though, like, Ashitaka and San both, like, warned them, like, hey, it's gonna be a trap, they, they kind of rush into, like, this giant, oh, yeah, they like, knew. this, like, bomb trap thing that goes off, um, so that's why there's all these carcasses. Yeah, 
Jigo was pretty much prepared because he had his men in the forest, like scouting out what's going on. Like he was prepared for this whole thing to take place. Oh yeah, he like like we said, he was he was clearly up to no good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they free the wolf. Um, Get the crown, save the town. That's right, Chris. But uh, of course, Lady Aboshi has her her like separate unit. She's went off with, and they have like this container. Oh, they man. they're they're going to get like the four spirits head. Uh, yep, they they're going after the head, and because that's the only way that Lady Abushi can continue her plans. And same thing with Jigo. Like they just they're gonna get they're gonna get paid a lot of money to bring this head back. And um, well. So we see like a bloodied and battered Okoto, um, and not not so much. It's not Moro that's with him. It's the other wolf, and San. Like they 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 uh they're they're coming back from the battlefield, and like Okoto can barely stand up. And what he sees, um, he starts to be overtaken by the same thing that happened to Nago. Like you start seeing like the like his it's almost like his blood starts to like almost become worm-like and engulf his body. And, like, he... Because he sees the skins of his troops that are being worn by humans I think popping he, up through the bushes. Yeah, I think he just smells it, really, because he is blind. Yes. Um, yeah, he smells but it. But he definitely senses it, and, like... And he's like, my warriors are here. My warriors are back with me. And they, they start to, like, charge up. Um, Basically, he's basically getting ready to lead them to the forest uh, spirit, to, like, their lair. And... And of course, oh, San, San's trying to like be like, "Hey, that's not your warrior." Yeah, you need to you need to calm down. You need to stop. And yeah. uh, like the 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 it's engulfing him, um, and which in turn is engulfing San. Like thing things are happening very very quickly here, and they get into the lair. Uh, the people are behind them. They like San gets whapped with a rock, so she's like unconscious under all of this stuff engulfing Okoto, and then. Like they run into Moro. Moro tries to go get San out from whatever this is with uh that's stuck under a taco. Like the gang's all here, dude. Like we have all reconvened in the lair of the forest spirit. Um, yeah, and then Ashi- yeah, oh, Ashitaka eventually shows up, and he kind of has a face to face with Aboshi and her troops, and mm-hmm. and uh, and Jigo. Um, and they're they, like they're clearly on opposite ends, and he he once again he's kind of caught in the middle of this. But like, I don't know. At this point, I, uh, Iboshi is just evil, in my opinion. Uh, and it's funny because like her and Jigo mention, I think it's Jigo. He's like, mm-hmm. whose side is he on? And it's like, yeah, well, look in the mirror, my guy. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there shouldn't really be sides <laughs> here, right? Like, it's it again. It's it's that how far will people go for themselves, and what will they destroy? And like in the name of advancement. Or the mm-hmm. name of money, you know what I mean. Now, of course, so. then Ashitaka comes face to face with like these, the warriors that are wearing like the the boar oh, skins yeah. and uh, and Akoto, obviously covered in like these demon worm things. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, he he basically is just trying to rescue San, so he he kind of comes to her rescue. Eventually, like pries her out of there. Um, and we also see. What's the mom wolf's name? Moro. Uh, Moro. Moro is in pretty bad shape. Um, and maybe maybe it was Moro that was... No, no, Moro, because Moro never went to the battlefield, so it was not hers. Okay, yeah, so yeah. Moro... Yeah, Moro. Because Moro, Moro tries to pull San out from whatever it is under, and she he starts getting engulfed in that, that, that tentacle stuff, too. And also, not to mention, because earlier in the movie, she was shot 
mm-hmm. during that uh, that little hillside scuffle, she knew she was already dead. She yeah. knew that her death was coming. She was going to suffer the same fate as Nago. But the reason it wasn't overtaking her is she didn't leave the forest. Mm, okay. That, that makes more sense then, yeah. But yeah, she was definitely injured. She knew she was kind of like on her last legs. Oh yeah, she would never be able to leave the forest. Um, and of course, while all this is going on, we see like Jigo and Lady Eboshi, and you know, they see the forest spirit come out and like, oh, walk yeah, into yeah. the water. Um, Which is a really cool scene because, like, it's trying to like you know, they're hoping the water spirit, the the, the forest spirit's going to lift this curse. And like even earlier on, Ashitaka had his doubts because while the forest spirit saved his life, it did not heal the curse on him earlier. So he's he has his doubts as to why you know the forest spirit won't heal, but. So we get this really cool scene where the forest spirit's like walking on water across the uh, pond here. And we see Lady Ibushi take a shot and gets him right in the fucking neck. And he starts to like sink forward in the water, but then like stands back up and then starts, you know, just walking again. And then gets onto land and we see, and we see it like, I don't know, like give a, 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 a Kodo like a kiss on like the snoot. And then, like all of the like the these these worms, whatever was engulfing him, just turn like starts to like melt off, like it turns like gray and just starts melting off, and he just falls over and dies. And yeah. same thing happens to Moro; she just falls over and dies. Yeah, because Moro was trying to fight with Okoto, trying to get out, trying to get sound yep. out of there. Um, and it's yep. almost similar to like when the Forest Spirit came up to Ashitaka, like while he was like. I don't know if he's in, like, a dream state, but it almost seemed like it came up to him and, like, mm-hmm. sucked, like, the poison out of his wound. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we see the forest spirit looks up toward the moon, and then it starts to transform into its, like, translucent, like, gigantic form. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Um, of course, Lady Eboshi and Jigo being up to no good, they're they're aiming their weapons at it. And they get it. They knock it. They knock its block right off, Cody. They get it. And they quite literally take its head off, which <laughs> is not good. We yeah. get this uh this very Akira Tetsuo esque moment where like it almost like whatever its Nightwalker form is like starts to bubble up out of the body of the forest spirit, and then it just starts turning into this massive, like multi legged, big appendaged version of the Nightwalker. Very similar. Just on a grander scale of what the whatever was covering Nago in the beginning, that same kind of multi-legged, big kind of lumbering, yeah, very hard Ghibli to, creature. Very hard to describe, but it's definitely a Ghibli creature. Uh, but this yes. thing is not dead. Uh, you no, took the head off, all. but you uh, kind of caused more problems than 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 you thought. But we get this this great scene too cuz um while they're then they're trying like Lady Ibushi and Jigo are trying we got to get the head. We got to get the head and get it back. So so Lady Ibushi's got the head and we see the head of Moro that's been somehow detached from its body start scuttering through the shit and just comes and bites her whole fucking arm off. Oh yeah. One one of the best scenes and it's, it's kind of like it was foreshadowed earlier like when she said mm-hmm. any kill or no no I thought that was the oh no 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 man I'm getting I'm getting names confused here. That's okay. Um, but yeah, Eboshi had actually mentioned like you got to make sure you kill a wolf, uh, mm-hmm. or like because even its head could bite you or something like that, which is kind of cool because like it's just you know she she definitely got what she had coming to her. Um, oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Well, we also see, P, sir. Yeah, we also see like the 
I don't even know what to call it, like the slime from the night creature, like killing everything in the forest. We see like the the little forest. Oh, yeah, everything it touches spirit the trees. Guy. Yeah, the forest spirit guys are just like falling from the sky, like Mm-hmm. This this the, the grass is turning brown, the yeah. trees are wilting, everything is just dying yeah, in the they... wake of this goop. Yeah, and of course Jigo and his goons, they grab the head and try try to make their way out of there. Mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, well, well, they, 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 well, they get away, but um, oh, yeah. well, they get away, but Lady Ibushi, like Ashitaka, actually saves her with the um, with I guess the captain of the guard, the one who got his sword all bent up earlier, and of course, San is like, "You're with them. Why the hell would you save her? Leave me alone. I don't want to see you. Get out of my forest. I hate humans." So they kind of have this moment. And she like, like she has like this little dagger that he gave her after he left um the care of the uh, the wolves. And it's like she sticks him in the chest with it. I guess it doesn't puncture him or anything, but like, yeah, they kind of have this moment where he's just like, you know, it's okay. Like everything is fine. Yeah, he's definitely once again kind of just stuck in the middle. Um, Yeah, and I want to say that dagger is the same one that like his uh, his little sister sister left him Um, Mm -hmm. because like when he was exiled, she was like, "Well, this is how you remember me" or something like that. Yep. Um, He was like, "I could never forget you." Right. Um, but yeah, now now we have the issue of the forest spirits going crazy looking for its head. Um mm-hmm. and I should mention like Ashitaka and San have like a, an embrace where he you know <laughs> he's definitely not with these humans. He's trying to like he's trying to just be the middleman, trying to like make sure, you know, the forest is saved but humans can live out happily too because obviously San isn't a a creature of the forest, she's a human as well. Um mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, we absolutely. we got this spirit forest thing, and it wants its head back, Chris. <laughs> yeah, it is in hot pursuit of Jigo and his cronies that have put this thing in this container and, and are hauling ass. Um, but you can't really outrun this thing, Cody, because it can just stretch its arms in front of you. And this whole time, Ashitaka and San are like, you need to give this thing its head back. And he's yeah. like, well, I can't do that. Yeah, because we you see it's, it's almost like a... Like a mudslide, but it's just yes. this goop that's just killing everything, and like it's head towards Iron Town, um, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> Jigo and them are not getting it. Like you need to give they the head definitely back. not. Yes, please. So, um, so basically they they're able to um, not so much convince Jigo because of course Jigo goes on the offensive, and him and uh him and um Ashitaka start having a little bit of a scuffle, but. Of course, they're able to really powerfully persuade Jigo to go ahead and give the head back. They they basically take it. They they um well he's like fine and he opens up the container and they pull it out and they you know they lift it up and of course when they like the water that's dripping off this thing's head is dripping onto them causing whatever like they've both got this uh whatever the curse is on them is just spreading all over their bodies and they offer it back to the four spear and they're just like please go in peace. Um, well, of course, it like bends down, gets the head. And you got this grand light in this grand scene, and Cody, their their curse has been lifted. Right, I guess if you you take its head off, it, it's weird that it didn't heal him earlier. But you know, when somebody it cuts its head now. off, as long as you return the head, your curse will be lifted. Um. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we see like a a very uh, 
I don't even know really how to describe the scene. It's definitely a very ghibli scene. Mm -hmm. Like, you see, like, all the parts of, like, Iron Town, like, flying through the air and, like, floating, like, towards, like, mm -hmm. I guess where the forest was. Um, yep. And, like, all, all, all this destruction that was caused that now, like, starts to cause, like, the land to, you know, start to turn green again and start to, you know, yep. sprout back up again. Yeah, and we, we kind of get this, uh, this, you know, seems like Lady Ibushi has learned her lesson. You know, she's back with her people. Um, I think Jigo, I, I don't remember what happened to Jigo. I think he died, but I don't remember. No, he's still alive. Um, okay. Yeah, because he's there when San and uh, Ashitaka, like, hold the head up. That's right, that's yeah. right, that's right. He he navigates the goop that's almost getting to him. Yeah, that's, that's right, right, that's right. <laughs> And uh, basically, Ashi, the, I mean, the movie just kind of ends with Ashi, uh, Ashitaka and San saying, you know, because Ashitaka's like, I'm going to go help the people of Irontown rebuild, um, so I'll be right there. Um, she's obviously going back to be with her wolf, her, her wolf tribe that's raised her. Mm -hmm. So they kind of have this unspoken friendship that, you know, they'll be there when you need me. You know what I mean? That's right, yeah. They have like a... They're on good terms, you know? Yeah. It seems like the forest is going to... You know, grow back, I guess. Uh, Which I love. I hate when movies love to force a love story, um, but they like this is just their friends, and I love the fact that they remain friends, and it's just that. You know. Yeah, yeah it seems like Yaboshi has learned her lesson. Yeah. Um, San and all is, humans aren't bad. Yeah, and San. Or San that's what San learns. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. San kind of learns that. Um, yeah, Boshi kind of. You know, turn, turns over a new leaf, I guess. Uh, she kind of says, we're going to build a new town. Yep. Uh, maybe not kill the forest and get attacked by a giant, by wolves and all this other shit. Yeah, the, the, they, they'll, they'll leave all that shit in the past. You know, they're good to go. But, um, you know, there, there's definitely the, um, we see what can come of, you know, not having, I guess, not being mindful of the land that you're taking from. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. You don't you don't mess with Mother Nature, you know. <laughs> no, not at all. And, and that's that's the, that's the ultimate uh, that's the ultimate morality. Uh, I, I guess the ultimate like moral to the story here. But um, yeah, I mean that after that, just kind of roll credits. That's it. That is Princess Mononoke. It's a. Uh, it felt it sounded like we were kind of rambling a little bit, but like the movie does move at a very very good pace. Like it takes you from one like you know we're basically we're just following Ashitaka on his journey west and all the people he meets and. You know, really trying to convince these people that they don't have to destroy the forest. Like they, man and nature can live in harmony is really what we're trying to get at here. Um, and sometimes you gotta learn the hard way. Yep. Sometimes you gotta have your your arm bitten off by a wolf head. Uh, if you're the case of Lady Eboshi, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes that's all it takes. That's all it takes to you know to to turn your head around. Um. But Cody, with that, with all that being said, um, I absolutely love this movie. It's still one of my all-time favorite Ghibli movies. And uh, with that, Cody, I'm actually it's well, a we you know we got the two rankings we got to talk about. It is the new number one on my straight-up Ghibli list, by the way. Okay. Um, and I think it'll be number two on mine. I like Totoro more, unfortunately. That's fair. But I mean, they're and both fantastic films. So. Clearly, clearly. And as far as my full oh, movie rankings, my bad, Chris, to interrupt it one more time. It's actually yeah. number three on my list. I like Grave of the Fireflies more than this, too. Mm -hmm. uh, although I would rather watch Princess Mononoke for obvious reasons. Um, but carry sure, on. Sure, sure. 
And uh, that's actually kind of funny because, you know, while I absolutely love Grave of the Fireflies, I think I might have maybe the older I get, which is kind of funny because I, I definitely don't like feudal era stories. But I don't know what it is about this one, man. Like this one still resonates with me. And this one's uh, this one is going to be my new number one on my Ghibli list. And this is the new number three on my movie rankings. It has uh, knocked Grave of the Fireflies down one. Okay. And uh, I'm going to put it right below Grave of the Fireflies on my list. So it'll be my new. Or, I'm sorry, right below Metropolis. So it'll be my new number five. Okay, um, so still high praise. I mean, and, you know, obviously this movie is done well long after the fact. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This movie is completely, like, beloved. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think I actually mentioned it. Like, if you haven't seen this movie and you somehow found our anime podcast, I don't know how how you got it backwards, but uh, definitely go watch this. <laughs> Do yourself yeah, a favor. And it was, it was funny. It actually took... In uh, in the beginning of 2021, like Princess Mononoke was like the highest grossing anime film in in the United States. So, like, a, like you know, at least a year after its release. Um, and of course, you know, this has been in theaters multiple times. Um, and I, I'm reading some numbers here as of 2020. And the, I mean, the movie's almost made. You know, it's just over a hundred ninety million dollars. You know, box office. Yeah, which is so, big. It was just huge for an animated film. Like, yeah, well, absolutely, and that's over the course of, you know, that's internationally. That's and this is a twenty-year-old movie. So the fact that it's still, you know, and when again, whenever you start seeing these Ghibli festivals, which are very, very common at theaters right now, you know, Princess Mononoke is always one of like the highlights of that um of those events. So. Again, if you've never seen it in theaters, I highly recommend it. Um, it in typical Ghibli fashion, it is a beautiful movie. My rambling about it does not give do it any fucking justice. It's just, it's just fun to watch. It's a fun fantasy romp, and it's not like, you know, it's not like the the typical Ghibli movies where you have like you know very Alice in Wonderland, out of place child, like. You've got a really mature theme that story that's being told here, a lot of mature themes. Like there is, you know, there is a lot of death, a lot of very brutal death in this movie, um, and you just see that, you know, their actions have consequences, and it's just, I don't know, man. There's just something about this movie that, again, I hadn't watched it in a couple years, um. I don't know, man. Like it's sticking with me a lot more this time around than it has last time I watched it. Um, yeah, it's it, it's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think I could have put it any better myself. It uh, definitely like some important lessons that you can learn from this movie. Um, checked a lot of boxes that absolutely. I really that a lot of boxes that I really needed checked right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I maybe it's just my tastes have changed as I've gotten older, even since the last time I watched this. Like, I don't know. And it's also, you know, we could watch something on a, on a week that I'm just not feeling what the story is, but like, I don't know. Like I, I really enjoyed this kind of high fantasy feudal, but not like, you know, they don't really beat the, the, the samurai part into your head. So I think, you know, maybe I think about a code. Maybe I'm okay with feudal era, like not feudal era, but like um historic J- Japanese settings. Maybe I just don't want like paint by number samurai 
in my anime. You know what I mean? Maybe I don't want like your your textbook anime quiet badass samurai that you know. Uh, maybe I just don't want any of that shit. But I don't know what it is about this story, dude. It just it hits all the right notes, and it hit every note I needed to have hit right now, and it it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I I'm glad that it, it's it's gotten like the the praise it deserves. Um, because I absolutely. think I think this absolutely could have been the one that kind of like broke down like the the barrier to Western audiences, like the way that Spirited Away did. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think I think this is almost, if not better, than Spirited Away. Like the very mm-hmm. hold, holds a holds a holds a good fight against it. I think Spirited Away had the had the luxury of coming out right after anime had started really making a big splash in the States. Like, right after, like, like 99, 2000, 2001 is really when anime really started to take a foothold in the States. I, I'm, like, 99% certain that if you would have swapped the releases of Spirited Away and Mononoke, we would have, the, the result would have been the opposite, right? Spirited Away would have been more praised afterwards and Mononoke would have gotten, like, the Academy Award nominee and all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Like, it would have been much held in higher praise upon its initial release than what it eventually got. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, but with that, that all being said, Chris, that is our, that is our coverage for Princess Mononoke. Um, absolutely. Fantastic movie. Highly recommend it. One of the, one of the best you can watch, and it's a, uh, man, it's... A, clearly a, a top Lee film in my opinion but uh cody we're gonna excuse me we're gonna move i got these ipa burps man it's giving me heartburn too not a fan of this one <laughs> um i can't i can't win man can i get a good beer and a good anime all in the same week yeah but uh but uh cody we're gonna um we're gonna keep like the the fantasy elements going uh why don't you tell them what's uh what's gonna be up next week so up next week chris we're gonna be covering all of dota dragon's blood it's one of the newer uh, What's a Dota, Cody? Do you know what a Dota is? Chris, I've never actually played Dota. I believe What's a game? I do believe Dota is the like the original MOBA, like like okay. League of Legends and all those games. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I could be totally wrong. Um, I'm not yeah. a I'm not a MOBA player, so like I'm not a MOBA guy either. I just yeah. I never I I've seen them like I I think oh oh fucking Dota yeah I know Dota too oh okay okay this is the same shit okay cool 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 all right um. I think I downloaded it and looked at it. I was like, I don't like this. This is not for me. And then, like, same thing with League of Legends and then, like, Heroes of the Storm. And I, I'm i in the minority. I ha- It's a free download. I haven't even looked at Pokemon Unite yet. Yeah, I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely looked at Pokemon Unite because it's Pokemon. Um, but I, I think Dota originally started as, like, a mod for Warcraft 3. Okay. Um, which I played, like, the older Warcraft games a long time yeah. ago. Um. But yeah, that's oh. how Dota started. Dota 2, obviously, like is a smash hit. You know, League of mm-hmm. Legends. All it started, but this Dota was basically the original MOBA, which is multiplayer online battle arena. For those of you guys who didn't mm-hmm. know, um, I'm pretty sure by listening to this cast knows what a MOBA is. But I definitely, uh, <laughs> that's kind of fun. I'm glad you. I'm glad you did break it down for anybody who would not be listening or that, who does not know what a MOBA is. That's right, that's all right. These, try all to... these fucking nerds listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah, try to try to bring them up to speed, and they're all playing League while they're listening to this podcast. That's right. That's um, right. We're, we're, we're the background noise. But yeah, I don't know any of like the, the real like story to Dota. I don't know if nope. this anime will follow that, um, but it's something. It's a fun little adventure. It's only eight episodes. I believe okay. they don't call it a season, they call it a book. 
um, I believe is what it's like on books. Netflix. Yeah. You know, I'm not much of a reader, but, you know, it's a book that I can watch. I'm all in, you know. Yeah, that's your kind of book. <laughs> that is right, Chris. Um, but, yeah, we're going to be covering all eight episodes of that next week. If you guys want to follow along with us, it's on Netflix. Um, mm-hmm. Should be a pretty easy watch, just eight, eight 25-minute episodes or so. Oh, um, easy peasy. It's a walk in the park. That's a Sunday afternoon. That is right. Um, but that also means that we have to have another poll, Chris. Um we are keeping everybody interacting with us. Yeah, That's what keep, we need. Cause, uh, keeping the polls open late, you know how we do it. That's right. That's <laughs> uh, right. We're, go- we're going back, since we're doing an eight-episode show, we're going to go back to a movie. Because, again, there's there's actually a lot we want to cover. So we may, in, in, until it gets to a certain point, maybe just stick with a lot of the small, smaller bite-sized things. Just kind of like, kind of clear that cue before we dive into something massive again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's good to get some of these newer shows out. Um, so like, I actually, I Dota, Dota has been on my queue on Netflix for a while, but I knew it's just like any anime that comes out. I don't watch it when I see it because I know we're going to cover it eventually on this. It's like, I've got the reminder set on Netflix for when the new Spriggan series comes out. I'm going to want to watch that one almost immediately, but I know I can't because I want to save it for a podcast that I will pretty much nominate every week until we get to watch it. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we want to cover some some oldies, and we we want to cover the new stuff. Uh-huh. You know, kind of get kind of cover everything. Um, but with that being said, Chris, we got our like we said, we got a movie poll coming up. Um, yeah, and it's nothing but oldies on this one, oddly enough. Yeah, so I'll go ahead and I'll say my nominations for this week. Yeah. Um, I mentioned both these movies on our our one year episode. Um, uh-huh. First one for the one I technically, uh, I'll say I haven't seen it, although I've seen a good portion of it. I just mm-hmm. don't really remember much about it because it was a mm-hmm. long time ago and it was on Sci-Fi Channel. And that mm-hmm. is Ninja Scroll. Um, obviously, classic. like, highly regarded anime classic. Um, I just want to watch it and kind of, you know, get brought up to speed, really, like, focus in on it. Because when I, when I saw it, I wasn't the weeb that I am now, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's like the OG, like that, that, that Ninja scrolls, the fucking weeb maker, man. Like that's the one that get that, that, that pops a lot of people's cherry. And that was like the, the first samurai anime that a lot of people experienced. At least people my age anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that'll be my, one of my picks. And for my other pick, it'll be my, my, my classic go-to at the family video, video store. And that is uh Kiki's delivery service. Oh, I love Kiki's delivery service. Yeah. Another Ghibli film. Um, and just one, one of my all time favorites for sure. Uh, yeah. but what about you, Chris? What are your nominations? For this well, week? we're going to keep the hits coming because, um, both of these I've already seen, but it's actually been a while since I've seen both of them. Um, my first one is also, um, what I would also consider one of baby's first anime. One of the other weeb maker animes, uh, Akira. Um, definitely a all-time classic. Um, and then my other one is one a little lesser known, but it's one that I remember seeing um, again on Sci-Fi Channel after the fact, and one I remember renting from the video store Movie Time when I was young. Lily Cat, the sci-fi alien thriller, Lily Cat, excellent movie. Uh, this is another one you'll see, like, it's in that, it came out that same crop as, like, Eight Man After, Vampire Hunter D, Demon City, Sinjuku. Like, this came out around that same time as all of those, so. Okay, interesting. I've never actually heard of that one before until oh, until today, great. so. It's great. Looking looking forward to which one of those wins, yeah, I'm truth, sure. That... Truth be told, any one of these I'd be okay with. Uh, Ninja <laughs> Scroll would probably be my least favorite, but, I mean, 
I still love Ninja Scroll. I think it's still a great movie. Um, if I did have to watch another samurai anime right now, Ninja Scroll would be absolutely A-OK by me. So yeah, any one of these, I'll be perfectly excited about. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough choice for the, for the listeners yeah. at home to vote for. Um, absolutely. Um, but... Once again, guys, if you want to vote on that poll, you can go to our Twitter page, which is at Shonen and Suds. Um, I'll probably make a Facebook post as well, linking in. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys know the deal with that, all the housekeeping stuff, everything's at Shonen and Suds. Uh, definitely want to show, give a big thanks to you guys at home because we have passed over 1,200 downloads now, Chris. So we are just we're just knocking just knocking through the downloads, and uh, we just appreciate you guys tuning in. I know I appreciate it. Appreciate I appreciate everybody just sitting there listening to us ramble about things. You know, I'm an old man; my memory starts to go. So as we're and I don't I typically don't look up like synopses of things. I just find like the details of like the release and maybe some uh maybe some box office information. But everything I, I try to go right off of the cuff off of memory and sometimes I just like, oh I just don't fucking remember. So Oh yeah, there's definitely the fact that I the fact that I can piece it together. Um and this one uh and the funny thing is I'm so old, Cody, I literally watched it this morning and I'm like, Oh, when did that happen? Oh yeah, that happened then. Oh yeah, I forgot about this. So Oh, that's right, Chris. I, I have a terrible memory, so you actually helped me like get through some parts of this hour. I was just kind of rambling, and then you kind of just picked it up, and I was like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it took your rambling to jog my memory. That, well, that's all right. Sometimes that's, that's we just we just keep each other going here, you know? <laughs> how we do it. That is definitely how we do it. And we're going to keep each other going again next week when we cover... Dota? Dragon's uh, Hello? Hello? Oh, hello? Did, did, I, I, did I lose? Oh, did, I, did, I, did I cut out there for a second? I don't know if you did or not, but I like I, I heard like my my microphone start to like frizzle and scratch, and then I was getting <laughs> ready to say Dota, and I was just like, wait a minute, okay, that's all right. Yeah, we're going to be covering Dota. Yes, we're covering Dragons. Dota Book One. Yeah, book One. Uh, we'll see how that is. Uh, this is a, it almost this... made it seem like I had another brain fart. Like I, I had like a <laughs> Ronald Reagan moment here. Jesus Christ! I believe is this our first? I guess this is our, technically our second anime that we've covered that'll be based on a video game? Oh, I, I'm, I'm assuming it's yeah, based yeah, on I'm the video think, game. Yeah, I'm trying to think, because it has to be, right? Because, like, Dota is nothing but a video game. Um, yeah, Castlevania being the first one, and then uh, Dota, I don't think, yeah, I don't think any other one we've watched has been based on a video game, now that I think about it. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, guys, once well, again, uh, if you want to follow along with us, we'll be covering Dota next week. Watch it on Netflix. Tune into the next week's episode, and, uh, and yeah, that that is all I got, Chris. You got anything else before we uh before we wrap this thing up? I was thinking the Pokemon theme song, but uh I don't know. We'll we'll cover we're going to cover Pokemon yeah. eventually, right? That'll be a that, that's a big feat there, Chris. They got that about is, a thousand that, that episodes. Might be, that might, oh, Jesus. Well, Christ, that that's one we'll probably have to be like, "Hey, we'll cover, you know, like we'll cover just the first the first season, you know." Pokemon. And and, and, you, and you know, there's people that that want us to cover Digimon, Chris. Um, oh, digital monsters, huh? Mm. Which actually, I think I saw on Twitter as I was looking at our poll, something that was suggested for like a mm-hmm. page. It was like some new Digimon movie got announced or something like that. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh I've never watched a single episode of Digimon. I. Uh, oh, me, it's just it's just shitty Pokemon. That's all. To it me, is. yeah, I was gonna say like <laughs> to me like Digimon was like the VR Troopers version of Pokemon. Like I really See, want to be watching Power Rangers, but I guess I'll watch VR Troopers instead. Yeah, Wait, Chris, we know we know what you are. We are VR. <laughs> oh, don't you, 
don't you don't you do that to me. <laughs> you talk about some things I have on VHS. I have VR oh, Troopers. Oh, fuck me running backwards to a cornfield. <laughs> I loved me some VR Troopers back in the day, but I knew what it was. I can't, Power Rangers ain't on, so you'll do. That's right, and then don't get me started on Beetleborgs. Um, oh, Beetleborgs. <laughs> also, the, the superhuman samurai cyber squad, you know, was definitely oh. in that same vein. <laughs> Chris, I have that on VHS as well. Oh. Get the fuck out of here. Chris, my Matthew VHS collection special. is is stacked, I will tell you that. Um, Dude, I love that. that that'll, be a new, that'll be our next podcast that we dive into, like, yes. rip-offs of the, Power Rangers and all yes, those good the, things. Yes, the shitty, like, recut japanese shows where we just filmed american people and then just cut in the japanese footage again love it perfect uh but yeah you guys will have to stay tuned when we announce we're gonna that call podcast. It the putty patrol podcast right the putty patrol podcast that, that's got to be a name somewhere somebody has got to have the putty patrol podcast yeah so, some something like that um but that'll do us that'll do it for this week guys you've heard enough of us rambling uh i am cody snodgrass and I am Chris Adams, and we are VR Troopers, me, virtual reality, we are, you can cut me out anytime, Cody.